0: Good morning and welcome to Free For All Friday on WNZF Radio. I am Brian McMillan, your host, also (laughs) publisher of the Palm Coast Observer and Ormond Beach Observer. Filling in at the hot seat for David Ayers today, who is out. And I have in the studio, Ed Danko.
1: Brian, good morning. How's How are go- you? How's it going, Ed? It's going great, Brian. Ed Denko's. I'm good. a little disappointed. No <laughs> Pierre this morning. I thought you might be. I was ready to bash him, but I guess I'll wait till next time. Poor, I'm poor sure Ed. the public is actually probably pretty relieved that they didn't have to you, listen to his nonsense
0: you, this morning. You, you feed on those, I know. It's one of those, um, you know, you, you always, always critical, but you probably know
1: what Pierre's writing about. Well, I know it's nothing good. I can tell you that much.
2: Flagler's favorite armchair quarterback. Yes, absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, the only nice thing is having Will here in the studio is Pierre lately has been attacking Will more than me. So, Will, mm. glad you're a target.
2: Glad I could help you out. Yeah, for a thank while.
1: you so much. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Will Furry is also in the studio, the chairman
0: of the. Lagler County School Board. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me. Hi, Will. Thanks a lot for joining me. Absolutely. Um, so today we're going to talk about a lot of different uh, issues related to the city and the school board. And I'm going to ask these grilling, insightful, you know, questions make everybody sweat and get nervous. Um, and then Ed's probably going to, you know, throw a few back in my face and we'll, then and we'll, we'll all smile and, and be, go about our, our merry way at the we're end. We're
1: just holding hands, singing <laughs> songs, Brian. You know, We'll just getting along. Sounds good. So let's start
0: with the school board news from this week. Um, the headline in the Observer, I have it right here it's final school board fires attorney. So, what, what is the, uh, can you give us a little bit of a recap of what happened at that meeting, Will?
2: Sure. The uh, we can't speak about a lot of specifics. And Let me just first say, you know, this is definitely a little bit more ha- higher profile than any other personnel matter, only because uh, in on the school board, <clears throat> everything we do is you know out in the sunshine and recorded, and it's 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 public. But most of our personnel issues every day, somebody either is uh, hired, fired... Uh, like a teacher, re- or te- right. a
0: janitor, it, it, an assistant principal. It, it,
2: exactly. Or they're moved, or they retire, or you know whatever the, the situation may be, but no one hears about it. But because uh, this particular... Uh, employee works for the school board, it's all, uh, you know, public. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: makes it a little awkward sometimes, it, it, well, it, <laughs> especially it, when they're in the room talking <clears throat> about their job and
2: it is a unique set of circumstances. I'll say for, for myself, that was, um, you know, a little bit awkward at times having uh, Miss Gavin in the room while we're talking, but that's, that's the nature of, yeah. uh, of, uh, you know, holding public office and being employed by, uh, mm-hmm. an entity like that. Right. So, um, so, this actually started back in October at a at a special meeting that was held, and um, there was a, a you know meaningful conversation over this issue, and and a, a motion was brought by Dr. Conklin that would um, send the um, rather than terminate her outright would would allow um, Superintendent Moore to have an opportunity to work out a mutual separation agreement where she would actually become the district attorney Mm -hmm. rather than the school board attorney.
0: So shift her seat to a different spot.
2: Right, right. And so um, I had previously had a um, uh, a meeting with her trying to do the same, and it was unsuccessful. Um, And there were a a, a few more that uh, Superintendent Moore had. But that night that vote was made, and it was a four one with me being the only dissenting vote from that uh, the 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 caveat <clears throat> to that motion was that if a agreement could not be made within uh sixty days, which basically came out to the end of the year uh that she would be terminated so um uh, and in fact that is so that was
0: already built into the vote from the beginning it was built yeah. in it
2: was where was a motion made it was seconded it was discussed and it was voted four to one so it was it was um it was a uh, carried out. And so why
0: did you disagree with that motion?
2: Well, I disagreed with it because I, I didn't feel it was, uh, and again, I'm just, this is now speaking personally as will Furry, district two school board member, not on behalf of the, the opinions
0: expressed in this show.
2: <laughs> well, you have to make that distinction when you're the chair, because yeah. you know, uh, when I speak, I'm usually speaking for the board, but because you're asking very specific to my vote, mm-hmm. uh, it was because I didn't feel it was appropriate to, to, to pass this on, uh, this burden onto the superintendent. She was our employee. Although she served a due role, she worked for the school board. And I think it would, it it put her in a position that she wouldn't normally otherwise been in. Um, if the board wanted to terminate or retain, we should have dealt with that ourselves.
0: This is what's so fascinating about it. I and mean, just like you said, it's kind of an unusual situ- situation. It's in the sunshine. We're talking about, you know, people's jobs in front of them, but just like, you know, Ed Danko on the city council and you on the school board, uh, there's only two people that you hire and fire, right? The city manager and the city attorney for Ed Danko and, the, and that council, and then the superintendent and the attorney for the school board. And I think a lot of people probably don't always think about that, especially if they're coming in from different places. And a lot, all the all the local governments are done very differently in different cities or in different states. So it kind of makes it an unusual situation. I know. And, Ed, and you're right, what's your Brian, thought on that, Ed? Well,
1: you're right, Brian. And a lot of people in the public don't realize city we are a city manager form of government. Mm-hmm. So we basically can fire the city manager. We can fire our attorney. In fact, we're getting ready to hire a new law firm because our law firm is leaving on their own. Right. Um, but the day-to-day operations, the nuts and bolts of the city, just like the school district, you know it's not done by us the elected officials we give so, the guidance we give the instructions to our city manager who then goes to her staff and in Will's case the same thing with the superintendent Will's not there running every school every day he's not making every decision and and a lot of people in the public think we do make all those decisions so when they don't when they see a decision they don't like we get the blame yeah. not the superintendent of school not the uh, city manager but we get the blame at council poor guy I, I, and yeah, and so then I turn around and I blame Will yeah, and, and okay. Brian McMillan, and kind of rolls right off of me. Well,
0: that's another thing. Sometimes people say, "Oh, what is the city doing about the schools?" And actually, yeah, they're not yeah. doing anything about the schools. That's why I give except... them Will's number. And so, so Will, I'll... back to the, the the Gavin situation. I know you thought you were going to get away, get out of the and finalizing this part. But oh, I didn't think you let me off that <laughs> easy. <laughs> so, okay, so um, the the the. Uh, the deadline expires, which means the contract is going to be terminated. Um, in her contract, in Christy Gavin's contract, she's been with the board for about 20 years almost.
2: Um, almost, yeah. Okay.
0: So in the contract, it says that she, there needs to be just, or there needs to be cause to terminate her. Um, so I think that's something that was, that was brought up at the last school board meeting. Not every school board member agreed that there is cause, and you feel like there is cause. What is the cause?
2: Well, as I mentioned, our, both of our councils have uh, advised us, uh, shut some Bone, who we retained, to uh, walk us through this process and also our now interim um Firm uh, Weiss and Sirota <clears throat> um, have advised us not to discuss uh, specifics of the of that. But what um, what I will say to that That's is no that, fun. I know, right? It's, I wish we could talk more about it. But you know, not it's, that it's, it's
0: fun. It's, I don't want to make it, light of the situation. Yeah, but.
2: I know. It, it it is a serious situation. But you know, when it comes down to, is that this role is very important to the school board, and because we rely a lot on our attorney for legal advice. Um but what 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 um what I will say is that letter was was prepared by our counsel. Um they knew that our intent was to terminate with cause mm-hmm. and they wrote that letter um to communicate that in the termination.
0: So has the cause been disclosed to anybody?
2: I mean the, is it? Well, the causes are are listed in her contract. So they, in, if you if you if you okay. look at the doc, the document will be released at some point. I know it's already been circulating somehow, um, but it, it references the, the the area of the various causes. So, so the, uh,
0: these causes would qualify. These would qualify as as causes.
2: Well, they, so there's a list of them in her contract. exactly. And I okay. and I am not privy to all the all the causes of the other school board members, right? Uh, the, that, uh, but. Um, the that that letter that the argument is not so much or the discussion that we had was not so much whether there was cause or not cause. It was that letter, my role was fulfilling the duty of the chair. So no matter whether whether I was for or against their termination, the chair has to deliver that that letter mm-hmm. to
1: the so don't shoot the is what well, like you're saying,
2: Will, right? It's, it's, I got news
1: for you. Well, it, they shoot the messenger every time. Right,
2: right. And and again, I've been very critical of of Miss Gavin, and and that's not. Uh, I mean, that's clear. That the, the, that that's not, so, that's been transparent and out there. Um, but this letter was just a formality, yeah. uh, For uh, as a procedure in her. Contract. It seems.
0: It seems odd to me, like this. 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 Uh, this. This is a, this is a big. Deal like there, again. That's only one or two different positions um, that that the school board has the ability to hire and fire, and yet, whereas in one like hiring LaShaka Moore, for example, that was like a clear yes. We raise our hand. We vote yes. We want her to be in. But in this situation, the way the procedure went, so
1: Brian, it was me, like there me, was
0: no official. L- do l- should l- we ha- should we fire Christy Gavin? Yes. Yeah. 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 L- nay, l- nay, let me help you with that, yeah. Brian,
1: because looking in from the outside. First, she had a very unusual contract with my understanding was she actually wrote her own contract. Our city manager contract and our law firm, we do not have cause in there.
0: Mm.
1: Only in the sense like we can just simply fire a city manager or fire an attorney, or we can fire with cause, which means they're not going to get a certain amount of severance. In this case, there was, you had to have cause. I would advise that the next attorney you guys hire, you write the contract and that's <laughs> not in there because that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you, Brian, you, you know, you, you run a business, you don't need cause in the state of Florida to terminate an employee. If it's not working out, it's not working out. Mm-hmm. So her having that in her contract was just ridiculous, I think. And mm-hmm. put Will in a very tough spot, put the whole school board in a tough spot. Um, hopefully that won't happen again.
0: So what would you, Will, again, if you're just joining us, thank you for listening to Free For All Friday. I'm Brian McMillan, Ed Danko, Vice Mayor of City of Palm Coast, and um, Will Furry, the Chairman of the Flagler County School Board. Um, So when you do hire an attorney, can you tell me something that would say, okay, this is what would make me feel like I'm I'm excited about this situation. This is going to help us. Get to an A district or whatever the specific goal that you have in mind.
2: Sure, I mean, th- I don't know how much the attorney's role gets us to an A district. It definitely is a, is is a component of it because it helps us move the organization forward from a legal perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we put out a letter of interest and we received uh, some inquiries from two firms, and we're going through that right now. and And we have interim counsel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My view. Would, would
0: you want to work for the school board after this whole?
2: <clears throat> Or deal with Christy Gavin? <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't think uh, you know that that's put out there. That was put out there with the superintendent. Mm-hmm <clears throat> That's really just kind of nonsense, to be honest with you. People that work in this wor- world, they know exactly what happens, uh, yeah. and uh, that's just a narrative. But uh, yes, I, I think there. Uh, well, we, it's clear that there are because that we we had two uh, two submissions, and we and we had an interim um, a, a, a attorney that wanted to be our interim attorney. Mm-hmm. So yes, there there are. Just like whenever every, any position comes available. Uh, there is often somebody right behind it that would like to fill it, mm-hmm. but my view is uh, that we would go to a new model, a new model that would allow us to have our own attorney as the school board and the district to have a separate attorney, and uh, the that would allow that attorney to to be to serve at the will of the superintendent and the school board attorney to serve at the will of the board. And this is not a unique model. There are many other school districts that do it this way. There are some that don't even have an in-house counsel. They outsource all of it and mm-hmm. just pay hourly. So, uh, but the, we are reworking that uh, model. That was there was some consensus to go that direction before. But in the last meeting, we said, you know what? Now we have a unique a, a new circumstance where uh, our our current attorney has been terminated. We now have interim counsel, so we're covered. Both the district has in- um, interim, and so does the board. So now we have a little bit of time. So there's no reason to rush this decision. So we're going to review both models and see what's going to be best moving forward for Flagler schools and the school board.
0: Um, So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, That's my, that's my professional radio way of segueing. Let's shift gears. That was smooth, smooth, right? right? That was just so smooth. Wouldn't have noticed it. (laughs) if You didn't mention it. Um, Mr. Denko with a oh, long, just keep long asking, background. Keep
1: asking him questions. Long I'm background.
0: Long background in TV and segue making. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> How many years did you work in television?
1: Probably thirty-six years or so. Thirty-six, thirty-seven. Not sure. It was a long time ago. I <laughs> walked out of CNN on November first, two thousand and sixteen, in total disgust, mm. and I didn't look back, Brian. Hmm.
0: And now here you are. So. Let's uh, let's talk about the 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 as Teresa Carly Pontieri put it on the radio show last week. Um, she kind of criticized our headline that called it a moratorium, saying it was a temporary pause that she was proposing. Talk
1: about spinning something. It huh? fa- it,
0: it was uh, in in the headlines word. It was rejected, and we had a little discussion about that. Um, but you said you wanted to have another two cents on this issue. So what's going on in your mind about it?
1: I'm grateful that the council did not even second her motion. That word moratorium, or whatever she wants to call it, is a bad word. It was a bad word when Eddie Burkino opened his mouth. It was bad when Melissa Holland tried to shut down Dollar General stores. It sends an awful message to the outside world. If you're a business person, and you are a business person now, Brian, you run a, you own a newspaper. You, you're, Indeed. You're not, you're not a journalist. You're a businessman now. <laughs> and it's a tough, it's a, a tough transition. Mm-hmm. But when you outside people look at investing in our community, and we need businesses. We need to increase that tax base. Right now, 8% of our taxes come from businesses. It's way too low. We can't, We can't keep going like that. So I'm an outside business, and I'm looking in at Palm Coast, and I hear that word moratorium. Does that mean if I come and invest my money, somebody on city council is going to take a rug and yank it out from under me? Why would I come here? Mm -hmm. So we sent a message to the outside community, to those folks looking at Palm Coast, we're not going to have any moratoriums here. That's not how we fix anything. And what really bothered me with what she did, because it was just as irresponsible as you can possibly be, is um, we had city staff change those building technical codes they worked hard to get that done and make that meeting um, because they originally weren't going to come back until next month. They came back. She saw a few additional things that she wanted to add. They were good. They were good suggestions. And rather than run it through the legal apparatus and back to staff, we just voted to do it. I made that motion to add those four things mm-hmm. and, and she voted against it. Um, and she got everything she wanted that day. So she didn't have to keep going with the moratorium. Well, I and think and the other thing that really bothered me about that, what she doesn't understand, and a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get it, you turn that spigot off. You put those carpenters and those plumbers and those roofers and all these laborers and every trade out of work. A lot of those folks live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us live paycheck to paycheck, all right? And they're going to have to go someplace else to find work. So they leave Palm Coast and they head up to St. Augustine or down to Volusia County, and they find new jobs and develop new relationships. So now Teresa wants to turn the spigot back on. Nothing's coming out of the spigot. Those people are gone. And that delays a lot of growth in this community. Um, and, And it hurts us tremendously. And I just thought... I, I just couldn't believe she was so focused on just getting this moratorium. She didn't realize she had already gotten everything she wanted.
0: Well, in the first place, when it was first um, brought up um, earlier, early this month.
1: I seconded it. You
0: seconded and it And the that reason point. why so, it
1: was very simple. simple. Wh- why not send say, a message?
0: no way, we're going to send a message that this is not even in our vocabulary you know to have a moratorium. We seconded
1: it to light a fire under the rest of City Hall. Under staff
0: to, to get the technical changes. To get those that changes
1: done to make sure that the community knew and staff knew and our city manager knew how vital this was, that we needed to fix this. Our staff worked really hard, came back with those changes. They did a great job. Um, you know, how the system got broken, I don't know. That's that's but we're at least moving forward and fixing it for the future. So yes, I helped light a fire. I also, when I made my motion, I said for discussion. I wanted to see where this was going, mm-hmm. and uh, then if we did not vote on it, we delayed it. Um, but when it came back to us, though, there was no there, there there was no choice. We we could not do this.
0: The interesting thing here is that you have um, you also have hundreds of people who feel like their property is compromised because of these these Absolutely. these builds. Um, for those who haven't been following the whole process, you know there's there's some some foundations of homes that are being built some slabs that are noticeably higher um than their neighbors and so um for i, I don't know all the engineering behind it and that's kind of the big piece that i feel like is missing at least from my understanding is um what what are all the what all contributes to the water going you know to to yeah well to, it's to, very to simple
1: up. you know water flows downhill <clears throat> properties way up here and other properties way down there that's not going to work i've been out to see a lot of these properties. And uh, anyone who's called me and asked me to come and I've gone out. And this is an issue we need to fix, which is why I made the proposal that I made for a citizen advisory committee comprised of victims, number one, people from our Home Builders Association, uh, business people, uh, retired people with engineering experience and home building experience. I want a group, say, around 15 or so. We're going to make this next meeting coming up, next uh, workshop coming up. 15
0: sounds like a big council. F- 15's a big, a big, yeah, but you
1: got to have representation from everyone. Yeah. They have to also be able, I want that, once they pick a chairperson and we pick a city council person to serve on it and one person from staff, I would like these citizens to first go out and see every single property that we're talking about. I know our staff has been out to see them, but this group needs to go see them. So they're gonna have to divide that up. So 15 or so, and we haven't picked a number, I'm just throwing that out there, You know, allows them to say, all right, you three people go here, you three people go there, and get through these properties. So they see, because everyone's different, every property is different, every situation. Some properties, it's a very simple fix. It's a matter of just grading, very simple stuff. Others are a little more complex, might have to do a lot of drainage, maybe sub pumps in order to solve the problem. But once this group sees the problem and once our staff starts working on finding financing grants from the state, from the feds, um, also I am asking our business community, our home builders to chip in where they can and help if they have the equipment and it's a fix that we can do real quick. I'm hoping they'll step up, too. Mm -hmm. I want to see a community effort to solve our own problem. I don't want to see us go to court. I don't want to see people suing people because they'll end up suing the city and then we all pay for it. I think as a community, we can all just chip in. We have a chance to do something that we haven't had in this community since the fires of 1998. Really show the world what good neighbors we are here in Palm Coast and how we take care of our own. That's how we really need to work together sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well,
0: I think that, uh, and I, I... just because we're not going to have Teresa Pontieri on the air. We can't really do that because we can't have uh, this discussion in the sun. No, we
1: had that discussion at yeah. city hall. But and I, I
0: believe that there it's interesting because I think that it's kind of two different. Um, uh, I think, I think that both you and Teresa and the other city staff, I think that everybody is kind of uh, th- I th- what I, what I think is happening is that everybody is listening to these residents who are very passionate about wanting a fix, wanting a solution here. And um, so, yeah, hopefully there will be something that everyone can be happy with in the end.
1: We're only gonna get a solution if we work together. You're yeah. either part of the problem uh, or you're not. And, and again, people are very emotional and I'd be, look, if it was my property, I'd be emotional too. Should the city pay I, to help fix You know what? Them? The city's gonna pay one way or another because if these people actually do sue, and we lose then the city's going to pay the taxpayers are going to pay. So it's what, much better How much if,
0: should the city pay the
1: well, homeowners? Well, you know, I'm not I'm not in court and I don't want the city to directly write a check. I want us to all pitch in, raise the money one way or another and help these people fix their properties.
0: Do you think and, it would be do you think that tax dollars should help regrade or do something that you know might necessary
1: be yeah maybe we'll have to dip into our reserves now one of our attorneys who's no longer with us said that there was no way legally the city could do that what i've discovered is if you put three attorneys in a room you're going to get nine different <laughs> answers so just because an attorney says you can't do it um that's not what you pay an attorney for you pay an attorney to tell you what you can do sometimes too mm-hmm. and you find a creative way to help but but yes we need to help our neighbors whether it's through Federal funding, or state funding, or some of our tax dollars, or a combination of that plus a community effort, we need to step up as a community and help our neighbors. Um, That's the right thing to do. And you know, I don't like to, I don't like to spend money foolishly. You know, I'm never going to vote for a tax increase because I see money being spent foolishly all the time. But there is a time. That's what government is there for when, when all else fails. We as a community through our government have got to come together and help out. And I know, look, in this world, not a lot of confidence in government lately. Mm-hmm. I fully get it. I don't have a lot of confidence. Maybe we can be the shining example uh, that changes that perception.
0: Very good. Um, so going back to uh, Will Furry. Sorry, we've, we've directed our efforts Another back smooth transition yeah. by
1: Brian McMillan. <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I'm an expert in the transition world. <laughs> So <clears throat> I told you that we could I wanted to talk about some of the other things that are going on in the school district that are kind of like I mean, the school board attorney, when it comes down to it, most residents, doesn't really impact them a whole lot. It's kind of like a political story, but um, there's so many things that are going on in the school district that um, really is what their their family's experience is all about. And I was just wondering if you had any examples of that recently that you've experienced of seeing the school district really in action?
2: Well, one big action is that we just had our days of uh, legislation days in Tallahassee Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, that's an important role Uh, this year. It's myself um, and, uh, and, and vice chair, Christy Chong and uh, Colleen Conklin who is um, on the FSBA legislative uh, board and we all journeyed up to Tallahassee to get in uh, front of our legislators, and uh, we were able to get face-to-face meetings with both Speaker Renner and Senator Hudson. Um, and that's a big deal because not everyone gets those meetings. And uh, so it was uh, um, it was great for us to be able to go. I mean, of course, they get our our legislative requests, but when you put, I think when you put a face behind it and and really let them know how important it is, and you get that face time, um, that's that that's gotta Help, Right. So uh, so we made the journey and we made our requests um, and and, you know, one of our lead requests was to, to uh, for a local project was to get one point six million in funding uh, to expand the facilities for our technical college. Um, and I don't know if the, if uh, if how many of uh, people in the community realize how we have a pretty robust uh uh, career and technical education.
0: Yeah. You don't hear the, um, technical college brought up in our school resources that much. At least I don't hear it that you much. Don't, so. But
2: you know, it's interesting when I was running for school board, a lot of people were like, we need to get back to these things. We need to, we need to do, you know, woodworking and electrical and trades. And I was like, absolutely. And I actually was, uh, was able to take a tour at, uh, at that time, the Ed Foundation. They're still doing these. And uh, early on, I came in and realized how much technical actually we actually have here in Flagler County, but it's just not known. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's so important. And both uh, Governor DeSantis wants um, Florida to be one of the leaders in this area. Uh, and both Senator Hudson and, and uh, Speaker Renner are in agreement with that. And um, so... We need to create more pathways for students after high school uh, to go into a career, right? And you know, higher education uh, is wonderful, and and I think that that is a path for some, but there it's not for all. And uh, you know, I really think that technology and the internet has leveled the playing field in uh, in educating yourself, right? You may not get a diploma, uh, a degree. Uh, But, you know, if you need to educate yourself on your own, there are resources out there now that are at everybody that's on their phone. Right youtube uh, university pretty much I mean <laughs> I, I mean uh, there is clearly value in going into higher education, and we promote that at Flagger schools and we want to help all those students that are going to go that route to to be the best they can be and find the best schools they want to be in, um, but we also have to remember that there are some others that want to go a different way, uh, and not one is better than the other it's individual and we have so, listen to some of the programs we have we have uh, electrician and HVAC. We have child care development specialists. We have nursing assistant. I mean, look at that. We have su- such an investment in our community in hospitals uh, and medicine. So, uh, having these jobs ready, commercial vehicle driving, heavy equipment operator, we have lots of construction going on. Uh, and, and they need uh, ready, willing, and able bodies to fill these positions right when they come out of school. And, and we this have is many a more.
0: Flagler Technical College. That's correct. Which is where?
2: Uh, it's actually located on the FPC campus. Yeah, well, right,
0: right by the auditorium, the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center.
2: Right, that's there, and we also have one up on A1A, and then uh, some work is done over at the uh, Ag Center for the construction equipment, heavy construction equipment operating is is done there. So um, it's there, and and this is to this this one point six million is to expand that facility there on 100 on the FPC campus because we're running, we don't have enough room um, to facilitate the demand for these programs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot of hands-on work that is never going to be replaced by uh, AI and, and, you know, all all these different technologies that we have. So we have to have people that are going to be, um,
1: Hey Brian, Being willing
0: to get their hands dirty.
1: Your AC goes out. You don't need somebody with a doctorate (laughs) degree, right? You need someone who knows how to fix that equipment. Right,
2: and I'll tell you, you know, (laughs) you know, we we look at the the, what you can earn in these different fields, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, there there are people that are coming out of college and they're going into the workforce, and they may not be finding the the some jobs that they thought that they might get. Um, And you have to, you have to. You have to work your way up, right? And and, and same in, in the technical area. But, you know, I, I'll tell you, I had a plumber come to my house to do some repairs on uh, in, in the bathroom area. And before you know it, 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 it was $300, 400 <laughs> I mean, they're getting $150 yeah. an hour. I mean, so you, you can't say that uh, there is ways. The to, company to, is. I don't know if the well, employee always is. That, but if that, that
1: employee owns that company. Right. Though. But, Correct. you know, yeah. many,
2: many yeah. of those, empl- a lot of times, that's how they start. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you got to start somewhere and you, you would, I would, am, I would gather, and I don't have this, this on it, but if you look at many of the people that own a uh, plumbing contractor, construction <laughs> contractor, they started out swinging a hammer, putting pipes in, right. But then they saw an opportunity there where they could start their own mm-hmm. and, and then hire others.
0: You know, I thought about that today. I was, I was um, walking my kids to the bus stop. I was like, what does a business owner smell like? Like you, Brian a business owner <laughs> smells like the things that the com- their company is doing, yep, and I was like because I've, I've been I've been delivering newspapers i've been delivering bundles around Ormond Beach for the Ormond Beach Observer, and like you know you get newsprint on your hands, and like my van smells like newspapers, but it's like this is kind of what um that that's kind of the lifeblood of america it's like the the little the small business and the business owners who are who smell like their product, you know, you can sort of tell that that's part of, you know, there's, I, I I guess at first I was kind of like, um, I guess I have more and more seen the kind of dignity in that, the, the hard work of, you know, just doing the work in your business. And and you,
2: you, you nailed the word, the dignity, you know, having control over your destiny, working hard, getting paid, and then controlling where those dollars go, getting, doing the things you want to do, um, is, is, is is a, is a wonderful, uh, feeling and a wonderful way to exist.
0: Yeah. How do we make the city as, um, as, uh, as fertile of a ground as possible for that kind of activity, Ed?
1: Well, it's, you know, we're not in the business of educating like Will is. Mm -hmm. So part of that falls on Will and, his staff and our superintendent of schools and and our, you know, entire school district. Uh, So what we're looking for in the city is to attract these businesses and all types of businesses, from the small person who started, like you said, swinging a hammer or whatever, or delivering newspapers in advance, you know, to owning a newspaper— we need we need to make this community, this city, as business friendly as possible, so anyone can come in here, open up a business, know that the city's not going to pull the rug out from under them, and and know that they're going to have a chance to succeed, live the great American dream, um, which is what you're doing right now, Brian. And mm-hmm. you know you have you as a result of this, you have every right to succeed and be prosperous, but you also face failure too. It's a tough thing to do when you're running your own business. And um, again, you know, people need the proper training. If they're going to open up, a, a, a become an electrician and then go into their own electrical business, they, they need those skills that that the school system is offering to get that start. And then, as Will said, there's lots of ways to get education down the road. Um, all sorts of different online platforms uh, provide those those courses for you. So if you're going to all of a sudden become a business person, now you've been an electrician. Now you've got to run a business. Now you've got to hire people, manage a budget, provide healthcare, whatever you have to do. There's courses that can help you do that, save you from making costly mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. So,
2: And, and I, I'll add that, you know, it is a partnership between, you know, Flagler schools in our community. And it's important that we keep that, those lines of communication open. Um, and w- what, what is a challenge sometimes in a smaller county is that we have sometimes a brain drain. Um, you know, kids, they graduate and then they move on to, and they move out for opportunity. And so it, it, what we need to do is we're collaborating to make sure those opportunities are right here in our community so when they graduate, they can stay here if that's what they choose. And that's
1: very, very important because we get this question all the time at council. At least I get it is why all the growth, you know, everything's growing and I don't want any more traffic and, and, um, you know, I don't want any more people moving here, but I'd really like a job for my grandson and I'd like a mall and maybe a Ruth Chris steakhouse if you can throw that in too. Mm -hmm. and what people need to understand in order us to attract those businesses, to attract those opportunities, number one. We need places for younger people to live. They're not going to buy their forever home the first time out. They're going to be looking for an apartment. Maybe they get married, they look for a townhouse um, or a condo or something, and then they move up the food chain till they finally end up living in their dream home, wherever that ends up being.
0: Up the food chain to Ruth Chris.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the (laughs) bottom line is, though— we we need those rooftops. We need that growth in order to bring in these businesses that will provide those jobs. So that we don't have the brain drain that Will is talking about. So he's preparing, he's preparing students for a future, and we need to prepare this community to handle that future. And bring those businesses in. And again, that brings a tax base. That changes our tax base. So if we have twenty percent or twenty five percent of our taxes being paid by a business, well, that takes the burden off of the taxpayer. Because right now that burden's pretty heavy. And I I've been drinking a lot of antifreeze, Brian, but but if these folks don't help me out, you know, mm-hmm. I can't stop taxes from going up unless we bring in those businesses.
0: Well, we are going to find out exactly how we can do that after we transition into a commercial break. (laughs) Don't go away. Free for all Friday. We'll be right back.
2: Hi,
1: folks. Bill Gallagher with SolarFit here. Have you ever thought about utilizing solar
0: power for your home or business? Well, there's never been a better time to plug into the sun and stop renting electricity. How would you like to let your roof start paying you each month? Give us a call at 445-7606. That's 445-7606. Or visit us
1: at solarfit.com and set yourself free.
2: SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at
1: 302-0300. Visit us online at parkside realty Group. Do you have a fundraiser or charity event you need to know about? The Craig Flagler Palms Community Calendar can help you. Send the details of your community event to community at Flagler That's community at
2: This is Attorney Michael Politis. Do you know how to choose an attorney? It might be one of the most important decisions of your life. Do your research, learn about the firm. Ask family, friends, or neighbors who they recommend. My job is to always look out for the best interests of my client, and that's why most of our cases are referred by prior happy clients. Integrity, professionalism, empathy, courtesy, and results. That's Politis and Madavina, thejusticeattorneys.com. Offices in Port Orange, Palm Coast, Orange City, and Ormond Beach. Is your
1: kitchen overdue for a redo? Bella Costa Cabinetry is the area's number one craft-made dealer. We are local, family-owned, and serving Flagler County and surrounding areas for over 15 years. We walk you through every step, from design to installation, so your finished project is 100% you. Whether a new home or remodel, we can do anything with craft-made cabinetry. While the kitchen is the heart of the home, cabinets are not just for the kitchen. Visit our website at bellacostacabinetry.com, come into our showroom, or give us a call, 437-1915
0: welcome back to free for all friday my name is brian mcmillan host hosting for david Ayers. usually the co-host but he's away so i have in the studio with me ed danko the vice mayor of the city of palm coast on the city council hi ed hey brian. and will furry the chairman of the school board so we're gonna hit on utilities for the for the city in a minute but i want to hear like a a quick reaction to some of these topics that are happening in the school board. Um, if you could, will um, the cell tower, you're comfortable with the cell tower at FPC.
2: Well, I don't, this is, this, this predates me on the board, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. this goes back quite a few years, actually. Um, you know, I, I don't (laughs) personally believe it's the most ideal location for a cell tower, but, uh, there was a lease signed, Many, many, many years ago. And um, it's very difficult to get out of these leases. Um,
0: Difficult to move the tower as well. Move
2: the tower as well. And so, but in, you know, citing on caution, we had some residents bring some concerns about it. And so we hired an outside firm to come and do a study to make sure that the cell tower was in compliance with you know, the FCC standards. But uh, the interesting thing is how these contracts are written is that uh, if we did find um, some deficiency, you know, you still have to allow the carrier to cure the problem, whether that is to solve the problem on the tower, move the tower, whatever it is, you just can't just say we don't want it here anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody Um, wants great cell service. Nobody wants a tower in their backyard. (laughs) backyard. Kind of like those folks that don't want any more traffic, but they want a Ruth Chris State. I just want
2: to also point out that that is the, it's my understanding, that is the only cell tower that is actually on our campuses, on our property. The other ones that are near our schools are actually on either county, city, private property. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's talk for just a minute about the cyber theft that happened, the scam, we lost $700,000 as a school board, horrible kind of embarrassing situation is the school district cyber safe. Is it getting cyber safer?
2: Well, we're, we're, we're definitely learning from this experience, you know, cyber attacks. We're, we're not the only one that uh, experiences this, you know, yeah. big corporations are held ransom by these things for millions of dollars. It doesn't, <laughs> uh, make this any less important, but the, the, uh, it is still under investigation. So, and there, there's some high level investigation going into this from the federal level. Um, we were fortunate that the, the, uh, the sheriff was able to recover 19,000. I -hmm. know that's a, a small amount in the scheme of 700, but 19,000 is still a lot of money. Yeah. And so we were glad and we hope we that we could recover more, but we're, we, we, that, that, the chances of that are, are not high. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the powers that are, or the law enforcement can hopefully track down exactly what happened here so we can avoid it in the future. But um, as far as fault and all that, that is all under investigation.
1: And that's, a, I want to just comment, mm-hmm. our city, we do a lot of training, on this type of thing, both staff and elected officials. And and um, it's very, very good training. I'm sure the county, uh, I'm sure the school board does it too. But you get an email, something as simple as an email. Yeah. <laughs> Before you click on that link, you need to know what you're doing. And, and if you're not sure, don't do it because it can result in your own life. Uh, to financial loss and certainly to our communities. But our city does do a great job training our staff and our elected officials, and I want to thank them for that because I've learned an awful lot through this training. And I know corporate America does the same type of training when I was in the real world, as I like to call it, you know the real world of the, CNN, the real world of CNN and CBS and NBC <laughs> and all of that. The real world of corporate America, right? Um, where you have to take this stuff seriously because, as the school board found out, you can lose a lot of money. Yeah,
2: right. And and just to, to, just to note also, this did not hit our general fund, which where we operate out of. So it's not going to affect our operations. It did come out of a capital dollars for the. um Addition over at Metanis, which is going very well, also. Um, so, but um, the uh, and and this is something that not only affects our uh, organization. You know, I'm in I'm in the real estate industry, and this is this is a very big. Pr- it's called spoofing, and what they do is they'll go in and they'll change the 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 wiring instructions. It will look just like the other one, but then they change the account number, so there's no real. It's not always just a link that you click, right? The document can be, tr- can be changed and, and, and look like it's coming from the, the other party. So it, it is a big problem. So um, people need to be aware.
0: Yep, indeed. Um, last question for you, Will, is uh, the Carver Center. There's been, that's been in the news, trying to see who has control over the timing of it. You know, the, the community is the Sheriff's Office PAL programs, which... I think are great trying to, you know, improve relationships with the community. Um, Are we going in the right direction there? Do you think that uh, the Carver Center is fulfilling its mission with the way it's set up?
2: Well, this has been a very touchy topic. And uh, honestly, it's quite interesting because the school board ended up kind of becoming a mediator between the community and the county um, because the community chose to come to the school board with their grievances, right? And um, a lot of it came down to, they felt that they might be losing control of the facility, and they had a certain trust level with the school board because we run our programs there and we provide staff and we we give um you know ten thousand dollars a year toward the um the operating of that and um I think it was just about it, that that building means mo- it's more than a building to that community you know if you go out to Bunnell – For gatherings, for community events, they have nothing else other than the Carver Center, right? So uh, you're talking family reunions, funerals, I mean, for for decades, plus the historical... uh, value of what that site means to the community out there. And uh, so I think it was just something they were worried about. it slipping away. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind, you know, of,
0: kind of a symbolic. Uh, very much yeah. so.
2: And, it, you know, it's just like somebody new was moving in. Right. And then and although the sheriff has a, a great relationship with the community, again, it was it was it was just uh, I think out of the gate they felt that the the way that it started out did not involve the community enough in the conversation. And that's what I took away from it. So they came to the school board with grievances about, you know, how the, how the contract was being, um, you know, laid out and, and, um, so, but we worked through those things and I I think we got it as far where not everybody's going to get everything they want, but I think it is a fair agreement forward. Um, and you know, we're going to, and just like any room, nothing's perfect. Right. So what do we do when, uh, when we make something and it's, it's not working out, we revisit it and then we fix it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, but I'm optimistic that, uh, uh, that these programs that is going to provide are going to support the community. And again, it comes down to promises made now promises need to be kept.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Ed Danko. Yes. Back to city council matters transition number four, I think of the, of the show of the day. Um, the utility system in Palm coast, it's getting older. Uh, it's going to cost money to, to fix it. City staff is saying that, um, you know, a lot of money is needed. They want a
1: huge amount of money yeah. over the next five years,
0: including for a facility mm-hmm. that would uh, be a kind of central hub mm-hmm. for all kinds of utility, um, things. But of course that would mean no cost money. It could go up.
1: So here, here's my problem yeah.
0: with this Go ahead, and
1: I'll be very direct. Thanks to the Biden administration and their failed policies. Is it really about Biden? It really is. It really is, Brian. It really is. (laughs) Go look at the gas pumps. All right. Their effort to push the price of gas through the ceiling so they could bring in these electric vehicle chargers. So it was all a conspiracy. Yeah, pretty much, Brian. It's pretty much what their green new steel, as I like to call it, not deal, it's a steel. the Green New Steel is all about, is bring in all these changes, destroy our economy, uh, get us all in electric cars and have a nice day. And that's why the utility rates have to go up. Yeah, because the cost of everything has gone up under Biden. The cost of fuel affects everything, every cost, because stuff has to be moved from point A on the West Coast to point B on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. All right. So it all comes down to diesel and gasoline. So thanks to them, And their destructive policies which it's unbelievable you can destroy a country in three years or less but don't get me started but anyway thanks to them the price of all this stuff has gone up Mm -hmm. and that includes the chemicals for keeping our water clean all of the equipment all of the pipe fittings the whole nine yards the computers everything and my feeling on this is our 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 community has taken so many financial hits since biden and the cost of food going up and fuel and everything else, that we need to take a breath for a year. Because Donald Trump will be back in the White House in 2025, in January, after this election in November. Donald Trump will bring these prices back to reality. I have no doubt about it. He'll shut down that border. He'll make America great again. So, so my feeling so is we let's vote,
0: wait. If we vote Let, for Trump.
1: Well, I think we're all gonna vote for Trump. Then I think we the only person have to raise the utility rates. The only <laughs> person not voting for Trump <laughs> is Nikki Haley, and I don't know what Bird <laughs> Brain is thinking, to be honest. So with do you, you think Trump that if we so. vote
0: for Trump, we will not have to raise the
1: utility rates? I think what we'll be able to do is bring down the cost of a lot of these things in a yep. very short period of time bring down those costs, and then make our decision. So rather than doing a 12% increase, maybe we'll get away with a 2% increase. Certainly over a five-year period, I think this is going to be a big, big deal.
0: Well, the problem is that in... The, the reserves are, according to the city staff, could be exhausted in just a couple of years, oh, yeah. few, but, a few years. But we so have do all we have this time money to, to wait? fix
1: a splash pad. There's a million and a half. Um, do we have
0: time to wait? We,
1: yeah, I think we have a year. I think we okay. can wait a year for almost anything. You know, if you were doing something at your home, yeah, you'll want to get it done now, but you could get through another year if yeah. prices are going to come down. So uh, my, my, my position is I will not vote for any rate increase this year. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what happens after Trump is president. Then we can make that decision. We've gone this far. One more year is not a big deal to me.
0: Um, you said after this show, you're going to go knock doors.
1: I've been knocking doors uh, for two, two and a half months. I've met a lot of people. Will did the same thing when he was running. Mm-hmm. I like knocking on doors. I like talking to voters. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged by what I hear. Um, in fact uh Brian uh, here's a campaign button for you oh thank I you give so this much to everybody I knock and more I'll importantly very important more place. importantly Brian uh, this is <laughs> for your wife you know Renee <laughs> tells me one thing buy me jewelry Buy me jewelry, this will even if it's jewelry. cheap jewelry. This is the cheapest jewelry uh, you're ever going to get. My earring, earrings, Dinko earrings. Dinko what earrings. every woman oh, my wants. Goodness. I, I have a lot of women out there who are wearing it, and I want to thank them. Uh, they're becoming part of the earring club, as I call them. <laughs> but I am out there knocking on doors, talking to voters um, every single day now. And um, I just finished up the E section yesterday. I did the entire E section of of Republican super voters, is which it, this is a Republican primary, so that's where my focus is at. Is
0: is it difficult to be on the city council and be running for county commission at the same time?
1: No, it's not difficult at all. It's just, you know, I have, to, I have to make decisions on city council, and when I knock on a door and you answer, I have to defend those decisions and explain to people why I made that decision. I'm finding most people are happy with the decisions I make. If, if you agree with me 80% of the time and I agree with you 80% of the time, we're, we're doing really well. Yeah,
0: we're allies, not enemies. Yeah, right? abs- Isn't that a absolutely. Reagan quote, or something like that. Abs- absolutely. Um, well, just to be just to be fair, um, there and are three other Republicans in the race: Paul T. Anderson,
1: uh, Victor Barbosa. Oh, two dropped, others. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Victor Barbosa is out, out uh, and probably Pam, a good Pam Richardson. And um, and Anderson runs for every office every year. Uh, I don't know what his 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 reason is, but he has a right to do it. And my other opponent. Uh, I haven't even met her. I don't even know who she is. Pam Richardson. She's uh, been in the community for a long time. What concerns me about these Republican voters Mm -hmm. is they're not standing with President Trump. On my material, on my website, on the material I hand out to the public, you see me wearing my Trump hat. I support President Trump. Policies are good for America. They're good for Florida. They're good for Flagler County. And they're good for my city of Palm Coast. Joe Biden's policies, well, they're good for nothing. And I don't understand why my opponents, who are supposedly Republicans, are not out there endorsing our president because he will be our nominee. Former president. But. While he's still my president. <laughs> you want to think Joe Biden's your president? Well, knock yourself out, Brian. I'm not doing that.
0: Very good. Well,
1: um, we'll by the way, my website, uh-huh. www.votedanko.com. That's votedanko.com. If you like what you see, don't be shy. I, you can click on that donate I tab. will
0: commit that to memory. All right. Um, Will Furry, any final comments from you?
2: Yes, I would. Uh, I'd like to just um, let everybody know that we had an amazing night at Flagler Schools the other night honoring our great teachers, staff, and faculty. Yes, Uh, the the teachers of the year. The night of Mm -hmm. legends is what it was, and it was quite an amazing. And I just want to recognize... Uh, Sarah Novak as assistant principal at, uh, of the year at Matanzas High School. Miss Jessica DeFord, uh, principal of the year of Beltair Elementary School. Um, and we have uh, Jimmy Sorrento, Buddy Taylor Middle School. Um, he was uh, in, in the uh, employee of the year and uh, teacher of the year was uh, at Rimfire Elementary School, Miss um, Allison um, Kucharski. So, Allison Kacharski. Yes.
0: Congratulations. That's, that's quite an honor. It's a very cool. It really thing. is.
2: And, you know, we have an amazing team, but there are some that sometimes distinguish them themselves um, uh, amongst them, their peers, and, and, and uh, we want to recognize them.
0: That's awesome. Well, you can read all about it at observerlocalnews.com. You can pick it up for free on newsstands all around the community. Do you want it on your driveway?
1: Newspapers that Brian himself have delivered. I have. Yes. Actually,
0: my son did a lot of Palm Coast ones this week, and I went to Ormond, so trying to go around and see, see where they're getting picked up. It's amazing. Uh, it's a great, great support that people have in the community picking up the paper, and I think what it shows is that people care about what's going on. You know, They're connected to, to the community, and they... Um, you know, people who are listening to this show as prime example, want to know, um, they haven't, they're invested in the community and I think everybody wants to see it thrive. And so I, uh, hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for listening to free for all Friday. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian.
2: Serving Flagler County for a decade and a half. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235CW, Panel.